It's the kakadu plum. It's an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So this is one I think we should have put out a, a few weeks ago. It would have been it would have been timely, right? <laughs> exactly. And by the way, I think we should do a shirt that says cryptids, not crypto. What do you guys think? Or crypto, not cryptids? No. Well, I don't know. Cryptids or crypto, you choose. You, you decide. Choose. But the point is, all of this crypto stuff that we're seeing in the news now uh, and the way it interacts with the stock market and all of this fear of collapse, um, very, very prescient, this episode uh, that we're uh, about to uh, resubmit to you for your approval. Right. Yeah. In today's classic episode, we ask, can people purposefully collapse the stock market? The answer historically is that, yes, people can collapse certain stocks and have done so and have gotten away clean. But the question is, can someone purposely tank the entire financial ecosystem? Yeah. And then could like, I don't know, a couple of big banks merge like Kana Karen and then just, you know, run the whole show afterwards and and be vultures to pick off the bones. Mammon always gets his due. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. And I'm Ben. And this is Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. And you may hear my voice sounding a little strange. That's because I cleaned house yesterday. Is that a euphemism for something? I wish, but no, it is not. (laughs) 
I, I actually just dusted and swept, and I have some dogs, so the amount of hair yeah. that just in a week can accumulate is astounding. So you do, uh, you do like cleaning stuff at your house every week? I mean, no, not every week, oh. certainly, but this time it was a week in like uh, interval between uh-huh. sweeping in the living room, and holy crap balls! Oh, I can't. Can I say that? Yeah, crap yeah. balls. Yeah, I'm, there might be a place that, you know, there's probably someone who sells something called crap balls and they're hopefully overjoyed uh, <laughs> hearing the podcast. Um, I don't know, they're cake pops. Ooh. I guess that would be like a crap ball. Holy cake pops. Well, I really hope that we can say crap ball, Matt, because this will be about the... Uh, well, it'll be fun. If we can't, then Noel will just have bleeped it out and no one will know what we've said. So. Yeah, as always, a big hand to our super producer, uh, Mr. Noel Brown, on the ones or twos. Matt, I found the phrase cleaning house or clean house very interesting because, as you know, at the time of this recording, uh, some tapes emerged uh, from a whistleblower at the did. Federal Reserve. And uh, it's got people in modern America, although not as many as I would have thought, uh, clamoring for a house cleaning, and I do mean that as a euphemism, at the Fed. Why, Ben? What on earth did those tapes say? Was there something wrong in them? Well, apparently, the um, the whistleblower herself, who we'll probably do in another episode, uh, she found that the uh, Federal Reserve, or members of the Federal Reserve, had a distressingly cozy relationship with some of the very same organizations they were supposed to be policing, such as Goldman Sachs, uh, and that they would have conversations where people would say things like, well, you know, do the rules really apply that way when you're wealthy, when you when you have that much money? Do they really? No. Right. Well, that was that was the sense that she got and full disclosure i have yet to listen to all these tapes i've just been reading about them Mm -hmm. same here yeah so what we've what we found is that this is kind of an open secret but for the average american dare i say the average person in the world uh the stock market and finance itself is very obtuse strange arcane thing right oh yeah sure the the complication of it alone is it makes someone like me want to turn away because you just you, you there's so much information that you need to grasp in order to understand just the basics of what's happening Right. There's some terminology. Sure. There's some jargon. But to me, I feel like I yeah. need to study like I was going to take a test or something. Yeah. And, you know, you and I working at How Stuff Works here, we've always thought that it is possible to learn something you can take. No matter how complex an idea is, it can be broken down into certain components. Those components can be explored. And then soon enough, although piecemeal you may know the entire thing uh it can it can be a tough gig sometimes but it's worth it with that in mind let's start uh enlighten me what what the heck is a stock market why do we have these well uh we have stock markets because capitalism exists and a couple things happened uh, along the history of capitalism to create these fun things that we call stock markets so there are these things called securities okay and they're essentially financial instruments that serve as investments, let's right. say. And the respective terms are considered to be uh, longer than stocks. But stocks, um, they may be more apt to undergo kinds of the fluctuations that you see when you look at the stock tickers, 
when it goes up a certain amount of points or down a certain amount of points. Mm-hmm. Um, but then these securities, they're typically considered to retain a lot more of their uh, the stableness okay. of, of their, let's say, their numbers. <laughs> so so they're stable. They're also considered like both assets and investments. Essentially, anything you can trade in a lot of ways is security, but they're not just stocks. And there, there are a couple kinds, right? Well, there are three yeah, kinds. Yeah, these are probably the things that your dad is invested in. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, that having conversations with my father over this week, I find out, you know, I found out a lot of the things that my dad's 401k is in, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, most of our, I don't know, I can't say most, uh, a lot of the people who work here probably have 401ks or parents that maybe had a 401k from the 60s or 70s. Your life is just so much more well organized than mine. Well, You're look, clean in your house. <laughs> You're talking to people about money. Well, I, it's one of those things that you have to begin to understand when you hit your 30s. <clears throat> us. And I got in a fight with a dog over a sandwich last week, and it was my dog. That's <laughs> where that's where I'm at in life, bro. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, yeah. Okay, so there are several different kinds of securities back there. So there's a debt security. These are things like bonds, uh, banknotes. Okay. Uh, there are equity securities. These are your common stocks. Ah, okay. So when somebody says stocks, they're probably talking about equity securities. Exactly. And there are also these fun things called derivative securities. These are futures. Oh, forwards. Yeah. Options. They're, yeah. They are derivatives. That is the one thing that... Is it, that's the thing you might struggle to understand here, mm-hmm. uh, as we sort of did, but it's, you can wrap your head around it. Just right. stay with us. So, uh, another definition, a share. A share is literally that, a share, a percentage, a portion of ownership in a company. By having a share, you are theoretically entitled to some amount of assets. However, not all shares are created equally. There are common shares, there are voting shares, there's a difference, and All these shares together form what we call a stock. Right. And a stock is comprised of a certain number of shares. Ah, yes. And not all companies have the same number and certainly not the same value per share. And more can be created, which is really interesting. That's cool, huh? It's like some sort of magic. I mean, by which I mean math. Yeah, 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 math. Yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, it was a uh, it was a uh, gyro, so I'm not sure if it technically counts as a sandwich. <laughs> Going back to that story. Oh God, we're just jumping everywhere. I love this. The dog is cool though. So, uh, you know, a company has assets, and assets are everything the company owns, right? Uh, and they also have their earnings, which are everything they bring in. So the big question is, why on earth would a company want to share this with the public? Right. What what's the what's the give? What's the advantage? Well, the advantage means that you're getting inflow of cash or uh, it's kind of an investments into your company capital, if you will, uh-huh. so that you can do things with your company and then maybe make some more money and then give back in derivatives to your stockholders. So a lot of the companies will borrow money, which okay. is debt financing. Uh-huh. Uh, then they can in turn, sell shares. And that's called equity financing. Okay, so those are two different ways that companies can acquire capital. Yes. Going back to our amazing pizzeria thing. Uh, all right, why would you, why, why do so many companies prefer to sell stock rather than to 
uh, accrued debt? Well, there's no interest. That's for that's a good starter right there. Yeah. And because there's no interest, there's not even a requirement to pay this money back. Um, selling stock distributes the risk among a whole swath of people uh-huh. rather than just a small group of investors. Um, so basically, if the whole thing just goes belly up, mm-hmm. the founders don't have to lose everything necessarily. Um, they'll lose smaller chunks of everybody's stuff. So it distributes liability. That makes sense. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, Podcast producer? Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424. Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts season two of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But there are also disadvantages to playing in the stock market pool. One of the biggest and the primary is risk. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and part of that risk is whether or not the game that you're playing in particular is rigged. 
Ah, yes. And as we mentioned at the top, you know, recent evidence shows that organizations charged with policing the stock market have some cozy relationships with some of the groups they're supposed to supervise or regulate. But Matt, going back to what you said, I thought it was very interesting. Is the game rigged? Um, I'm just going to answer that way first <laughs> and then get to it. Well, it's very interesting that you would ask that, Ben. Let's get to several of these theories that we've been covering this week. Ah, uh, some here's where it gets crazy. Yes. Okay. Well, in fact, we have found that it's quite possible for a single group to acquire a large enough chunk of stock, uh, or at least one section of the market, to trigger either a rise, even if it's just a slight rise or fall. And this... When this happens, the group could theoretically control or alter the market in their favor. If they controlled enough of the pie. Yeah, again, we're speaking, you would have to have quite a large amount there. Here's a good one. Uh, one very popular conspiracy theory, because there are quite a few co- conspiracy theories mm-hmm. about this stuff, um, some which hold more water than others. Uh, but this one is if there was a greatest hits, this would be one of the more recent ones that made it onto the track yeah, list. Yeah, this guy's name, you will know. George Soros, according to Mahathir bin Mohammed, who is not just some guy with an interesting name, but in fact a former prime minister of Malaysia from 81 to 2003, so he's prime minister for a long time, Matt, mm-hmm. he says that George Soros was partially responsible for the economic crash of the East Asian markets in 1997. The Thai bot was unpegged from the dollar. And what we mean by that is in currency trading or in currency valuation, quite a few countries are pegged at a certain amount to a dollar. Mm-hmm. So X amount of bots or whatever, uh, X amount of the Thai currency equals one dollar. Um, a lot of countries do that, but Thailand didn't. And then, or Thailand stopped rather. In the three years leading toward the crash, says the Prime Minister of Malaysia, George Soros invested in short-term speculative stocks and real estate. And then he just dumped them when he heard Mm. about the valuation. And then that, according to this guy... That triggered... Right. Dropped the market. Hmm. So how much did he have? (laughs) That's one thing that we have learned so much about the speculation involved in the stock market mm. and how much a rumor can change the entire thing. Oh yeah. It's there's, there's a, a strange group psychology. Yeah. Or even just the thought that someone as influential who has a lot of something like George Soros, yeah. like looking at what he's doing and then going, Oh, well I need to do the same thing. And then you just get this wave effect. Like if Warren Buffett, for instance, came on national TV, and of course they give him a spot. He came on national TV, and he said, you know what is over? Hasbro, or the toy market, or something like that. Then they would tank, because people follow this uh, financial profit. Yeah, that's what, ooh, financial profits. I feel like we need to do a whole series on that now, Ben. Oh, I don't know, man. Yeah, okay, we could do it. But (laughs) if we talk about financial profits, we have to talk about, of course, the... But I'm going to say by far the largest, uh, most well-known, most popular conspiracy theory about someone controlling the stock market. You mean the boogeyman family? The Rothschilds? <laughs> yeah. Or you could really insert 
pretty much any large banking family that's been around for hundreds of years. Yeah, Rockefeller, Morgan, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's this idea that ultimately the Rothschild family itself, the entire clan, controls stock markets around the world. Yeah, and th- okay, so here's why it's scary. Because as a whole, the Rothschild family, the dynasty, if you will, is profoundly rich. Yeah, that part's true. Like, oh, whoa, rich. Uh, perhaps the most wealthy family in the world, or perhaps even the history of the world. We literally have no idea how much money this family controls, or what, how many assets they officially have. You can just look at the real estate of the Rothschild family, mm-hmm. and your brain will pop right out of your head. Yeah, great wine, too, apparently. Oh, yeah. That's something that people say. Uh, but th- there's a point here where we have to be fair and we have to point out that with so many competing interests, uh, it's tough to believe that a single entity could control the entire global market mm-hmm. system. Uh, what's more likely would be loosely affiliated, maybe even fluid confederacies of groups that move as their interests align. Yeah, and, and it should be noted that the Rothschild family is widespread throughout the world, yeah. and perhaps even their own interests among the family are competing. So, Oh, yeah, I, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I was looking at, uh, I guess, the genealogy and just mm-hmm. looking at where all the people are, what kind of things. There's a lot of information about individual rich people on the Internet, which kind of freaks me out, but also makes me glad to know that there's at least some kind of tabs. But Wikipedia has way too much information on people. Yeah, yeah, Wikipedia is fascinating. And I think it gets a bad rap sometimes because mm-hmm. the people behind it are definitely not in it for the money and nope. they're doing some great work at different times. I just found out that the that people name different types of wind in Australia. And there's one called the Fremantle Doctor. It's a name for this <laughs> consistent sea breeze that goes through Perth. And I wouldn't have known that if Wikipedia hadn't told me, so thank you. Thank you, Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, but with that, yeah, with that in mind, uh, the idea about privacy being a new privilege of the elite is another podcast that we could explore too. We've got a lot of, uh, potential here, yeah. Matt. Um, there, there's another theory and the theory is that banks have always controlled the stock market and the big fight is actually between U.S. banks and European banks. Now, listeners, I know a lot of you guys are going to say, there's not really a difference. It all goes back to the city of London. Uh-oh. Well, what, which is a weird, creepy, anachronistic thing to begin with, and mm-hmm. we should also do a show on that. Yeah, 100%. And historically, the U.S. presidents were against these kind of central banking systems that um, that often lobbied to move away from the standards, the the hard standards, like gold standards or and silver. silver. Yeah. Um and then you've had these other competing interests of the bankers that always wanted this, not always, but many times wanted a fiat currency, mm-hmm. like the one that we have right now, controlled by a central organization. Right, a uh, quasi-governmental organization, right. often called. Uh, yeah, we know it's true, maybe not all, but many U.S. presidents were against these sorts of banking systems. Uh, I've got a quote here from James Garfield, whom some of you may remember, I mean, remember reading about unless you were very, very old, in which case contact us. You know what I remember from high school? Didn't he get shot or Uh, hurt or... Yeah, spoiler alert. (laughs) That's the only thing I remember. uh, Here we go from his inaugural speech. The chief duty of the national government in connection with the currency of the country is to coin money and declare its value. 
grave doubts have been entertained whether Congress is authorized by the Constitution to make any form of paper money legal tender. The present issue of the United States notes has been sustained by the necessities of war, but such paper should depend for its value and currency upon its convenience and use and its prompt redemption in coin at the will of the holder and not upon its compulsory circulation. These notes are not money, but promises to pay money. If the holders demand it, the promise must be kept. And a hundred days later he died. Of what? Dysentery on the Oregon Trail. No. <laughs> no. He was assassinated. He was assassinated, yeah. Which, uh, you know, not to, not to make too much light of it, and not to say those are necessarily connected, but yes, he died of assassination. So that's one theory, that banks have already controlled it. And then there's a different idea, and that's that the stock markets function as these money-managing or siphoning tools. So if I could do a quick example, North Korea. So North Korea has a booming black market because it was the only way for many people to survive, right? Yes. Uh, selling goods from China, cell phones, South Korean soap operas, methamphetamine, and and they begin to save money. They're accruing savings. This could be a problem for the uh for the regime mm-hmm. or for the government. And at one point, they just said, okay, we're changing the valuation of the money. So everybody lost the cash that they had made. And this other theory about the economic system called the stock market is that it's the same kind of scheme. Yeah, well, it. yeah, I remember seeing something about the 30-year cycle mm-hmm. of boom and bust to where – I guess the people who are of a certain age will be able to prof- profit for a generation and then retire and then uh, then it starts over again. It falls. Then you kind of get this 30-year cycle. I don't know. Um, it's what an interesting think? theory. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's funny because do you remember Dilbert Comics? The Dilbert yeah, Comics? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, the creator, Scott Adams, believed that this is the case or he did it one time. Oh, uh, he actually wrote about it in a 2013 blog post. My prediction is based on the observation that the stock market appears to move as if it's manipulated by a network of big players. They lure in the small, excitable investors by allowing the market to show a year or two of solid gains. Then they sell their shares, spook the world with predictions of doom, and buy back into the market at lower prices. Interesting quote there, Ben. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, Matt. Uh, and, you know, there have been other people, of course, who have said this. Uh, Scott Adams, a very smart, very clever man, uh, not necessarily an economist mm-hmm. uh, by trade. I hope I don't have to eat those words later. If you yeah. <laughs> are actually an economist by trade, sir, I apologize. To I Wikipedia. To Wikipedia. So, okay, I have to bring this one up. Yeah. I just have to. One of my favorite conspiracies of all time. So there's another one that the that the stock market collapses might be a part of Project Bluebeam. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a long time favorite of Matt's, you guys. So Matt, break it down for us. What is Project Bluebeam? Oh man, again. All right. So Project Bluebeam states that some force, probably a government, would use this technology that they call Bluebeam. That somewhat exists now, actually, where you can project a hologram onto water vapor and you have what seems to be a 3D object or Mm -hmm. 3D something Mm -hmm. just floating in the middle of the air. 
The idea is to make these holograms of religious figures and have them come back in various parts of the earth and have a religious um, revival of sorts. Uh-huh. But then the deities slash whoever that may be, sure, they say, "Oh no, 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 you guys, we've you guys have gotten religion all wrong." And then there's one, basically one religion that comes together throughout the entire world, helping to um, solidify the new one world government that would also be ushered in. And this would come after a series of manufactured crises, right? Exactly. So uh, everyone's at their at the brink of what they think is disaster. Starvation, They've lost all their money, war. starvation. Then the deities come. Everything's fine. Anyway, I love it. It's so... It's just, uh, it's just a great apocalyptic vision of I just, like technology and yeah. religion. I, don't know. I just have a weird, a weird image in my head of somebody sitting around the UN and someone else going, you know what I like about that is that it's simple. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just easy cheap. steps. It's, <laughs> it's cheap. We know it'll work. It's simple. Uh, but here's the other thing. Uh, when we talk about this idea of one world government, of course, we have to also mention the Illuminati. These are the people that will be blamed for so many different things. Uh, Those sons of... Mm. We have we have a series on the Illuminati, and they pop up fairly frequently in a lot of the stuff that we look at. And yes, conclusively, if no one has told you, if you haven't seen our video yet, they're is slash was a real Illuminati. Uh, the claims the group makes are maybe not the claims you would hear associated with the Illuminati today. Uh, there, But there is a historical precedent. It's a real thing. It was at one time, at least. Apparently, they are also manipulating the stock market, the Illuminati that we have heard are rumored to exist. Mm-hmm. And they're doing this because they want to eventually break down the current national and international borders creating one global system under the rule of this group. Okay. Uh it's kind of it's kind of similar you just kind of change the players a little bit right. and some of the machinations. Mm-hmm. Um so the next one is that there is this secret stock market that's for the wealthy only. Ah, uh, okay. And the idea that insider trading is only a crime if you're one of the people who is not inside this insider group. I see. And so, yeah, if you get caught and you're not in the group, um, sorry. But if you are in the group, then, hey, man, you're good to go. And you can just get as much infinite money, really. You just get infinite money. So it's like a it's like a hack of some sort. Here's, yeah, cheat here's, codes, man. Yeah, yeah. Here's the question I have with that. Have we reached a point from a regulatory standpoint, have we reached a point where these fines, which pale in comparison at times to the profits, are becoming just part of the cost of doing business? I, as an uneducated person in the world of economics, would say absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, neither of us are experts in economics. We are relaying the Official stuff we know and then the theories that we have heard and we'd love to hear from you also. Tell us what you think about these theories. Do any of these hold water? Yeah. Uh, and we're going to go to, uh, one other subject, but before we do, let's pause for a word from our sponsor. Oh, I can't believe I got another passive aggressive phone call from the SEC and the Fed. 
Well, hi there, friend. Uh, I was over there just burning hundred-dollar bills, throwing them at endangered animals, and I couldn't help but overhear that you've got something on your mind. Yeah, it's those dips over at the regulatory agencies. Every time I try to bend the rules a little and make some major units, they email me or text me or get me on an app, and they just—they tell me not to do it, man. Can you believe it? I mean, I have to pay for the calls I receive, you know. It could be as much as ten cents per text message, dude. Why, that's no fair. That's money out of your pocket. Who do they think they are? Don't they want to work here after they've served their public sector time? That's the thing. I can't stop answering their calls because I need them on our side, right? And what if our people get replaced by some sort of white knight? You know? Can you imagine how ridiculously inconvenient it would be if a Fed or SEC agent? Actually, try to enforce the rules and try to make us play fair. Never. I mean, playing unfair is unfair to us. But don't worry, friend. I have some news for you. Why don't you just check out my phone here? You see this app? Oh, what is that? It's the new SEC. Each and every time a future employee of a private bank currently pretending to regulate the giants of the industry sends a lame "please stop" message to you, SEC will defer the call to our outsourced center, where automated voice acting software will pretend to listen to their complaints, promise to do whatever it is supposed to be legal to do this week, and even display empathy when the regulator confesses personal information. Em- empathy? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a thing for poor people. Listen, SEC doesn't just deflect; it also compiles a list of information from each call that will be analyzed and automatically parsed for insider information to maximize your trades. So wait, I-, I don't have to do anything? Why should you? Doesn't the world owe you a favor? Aren't you tired of people getting mad at you because they weren't privileged enough to cheat? They do the same thing to you in a second. Maybe. You know, I. I don't really think about other people that much, and now you'll have to think even less. Do we have a deal? Yeah. Say, who are you? Well, I'm a robot. What? SEC is not approved by the SEC, the federal government, the Federal Reserve, the Democratic People's Republic of North Korea, Michael McDonald, the cast of A Team, the inventor of the inflatable life raft, or the producers of Big Trouble in Little China. SEC is legally required to notify you that the consequences of using SEC rest entirely on the user and his or her's nepotistic influence or bank accounts. SEC may be habit forming. SEC is not a substitute for bribery. Prolonged use of SEC may lead to moral turpitude, slouching ethics, well-deserved cocaine-related health problems, and in some cases, bloody revolution. You are in the pyramid, but not at the level you believe, and you have considered the shape from the wrong perspective. Buy, consume, obey. SEC is a product of Illumination Global Unlimited. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop. Podcast producer? Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424. Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is 
is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. Uh, so, Ben, let's talk about the future. Ah, yes, the future. So, there's this thing that we failed to mention in our first two videos. And mm-hmm. we did it purposefully because mm-hmm. we think it's one of the more meaty parts of this whole wider subject. And that's high-frequency trading. Ah, yes, yes. Not to be confused with high-fructose corn syrup. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Slightly, slightly different. That's my valuable contribution to this part of the conversation. I wonder how (laughs) easy it is to get from high-frequency trading to high-fructose corn syrup on Wikipedia. You know what? I bet there's a rabbit hole there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's interesting because high-frequency trading is an amazing process from a technical perspective. Uh, what What is it? Well, Ben, let me tell you. High-frequency trading is a kind of algorithmic trading of stocks, and it uses mathematical models to rapidly trade these things. And we're talking fast, like fractions of a second. According to Rob Lottie, uh, I'm probably mispronouncing that, of the TABB group, uh, HF trades accounted for, that's high frequency trades, accounted for 60 to 70% of the total equity trading in 2009, falling to 50% in 2012. Now that's crazy because that seems a little counterintuitive to people who just heard about high frequency trading through things like the Flash Crash yes. or Flash Boys. Uh, in 2010. Which, and just by way of a book recommendation, Flash Boys is a superb read. I really enjoyed it. Isn't that Michael Lewis? Yes. Yes, sir. And we've got, uh, we've got some interesting stuff here that, that you find out about high frequency trading. One of those is that this dates back way before 2010. It may mm-hmm. have started as soon as electronic exchanges were allowed. So what we do know is that at this point, 
high frequency trading is changing the game. We won't spend too much time on it because we have videos about it. Um, but I do want to make a couple corrections to some things that I got wrong in the videos. Oh, okay. I misspoke. They can take a trade in 0. 0.03 seconds, not 0. 0.3. That was okay. Oh, uh, well, I will annotate that. And hopefully if you watch the video, you'll know. Yeah, we do try to make corrections when we got something wrong. And that was a slip on my part. But regardless, it is true that high frequency trading depends on very, very small time increments, milli or even microseconds. Mm -hmm. But is it legal? Well, that depends. Uh, question one, are you listening to this in, let's say, October 2014? Then, yes, it is legal. <laughs> um, it seems like one of those things that will be changed further down the road, at least looked at a little more closely. Uh, but for right now, yes, it is legal. All right. And we know that in some places it's even accepted. Like one of the more recent laws involving uh, high frequency trading comes from, oddly enough, Italy, who are charging 0. 0.0002 euro on trades that last less than half a second. So that's clearly targeted at high yep. frequency trades. And knowing the volume of high frequency trades that can occur in that kind of situation, then they may be banking. We don't know yet. That feels like the office space uh, scheme. Do you remember that? Where yeah, the worm take, account. Yeah, it feels like they're putting a tax as a worm account. And that's kind of what, you know, high frequency traders make a lot of money in very small yeah. increments, right? So they, they so, add up. So weird, man. Now, I, I have to ask you personally, do you think that high frequency trading is wrong? Uh, that's a tough one. <sighs> I'm going to go out and, and jump ahead and answer. I don't really think it is. I don't think it's fair, but I don't think the stock market is fair. Yeah. Okay. That That is an interesting way to frame it because it seems like if you have the ability to do this and no one's telling you that you can't do it, um, and there isn't a, at least some kind of penalty like, like Italy has uh, introduced mm -hmm. that would just make you maybe think twice about it, then I guess, I guess it's not wrong. I think it's just, yeah, you're right. It's the system overall that I have a problem with. So we know that we know that typically a technology like this or the application of a technology like this is what uh, Jonathan over at tech stuff would call disruptive, right? Mm -hmm. Just, just the same way that Amazon's uh, order online model was disruptive to brick and mortar bookstores, which I think we mentioned in the video. And just as Google, for example, or Uber or something like that, it makes me think of a, of a strange story, which is a sports analogy. You know, originally when baseball gloves came out, they were considered cheating in addition to being unmanly. Ooh, now that is a burn right there. Yeah, I think the last part was more of an insult than cheating. But now they are an accepted part of the game. And when people argue, for instance, about performance-enhancing drugs in sports, um, the idea of high-frequency trading is another technological step now, I'm not saying it's a one-on-one -on -one comparison to using a baseball glove or taking steroids, but it is an edge. And in a competitive place, people are going to try to do that stuff. I'm wondering if 
it's already too late to curtail this. If the future of stock market trading is going to be a, a bunch of uh, very, very fast, very smart algorithms in an internal jam session. It seems like that's where it's heading because humans just can't make those calculations. Uh, they're, yeah, it's just not possible with the speed that they do. And, oh man, that, that's, that's terrifying. It feels like maybe machines are going to be taking over our economy, Ben. You know, I would say that we still will need human beings to clean the machines. To turn it off and turn it back on again every <laughs> once in a while. Starting to sound like a Twilight episode, you know. Um, but that's an interesting idea, Matt. Could robots take over the economy or even the world? The world. 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 All right. Well, uh, yeah, I guess we'll just we'll cover that another day. We are going to do that, right, Ben? Yeah, I hope so. Awesome. Well, for now, why don't you tell us what you think about this stuff? What do you think about high-frequency trading? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it lukewarm? Hmm? You don't really care? And what, what do you think about the idea of someone purposefully and personally orchestrating a market-wide boom or bust? Could could a group of people overcome all the other very powerful interests around the world or in a market to sink it or you know blow up the bubble? I'm I'm curious because I I don't know. I don't know if it's possible. I mean I think theoretically it is possible, but let us know what you think. Who would do this and how? Awesome. You can talk to us on Facebook. We are Conspiracy Stuff there. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Conspiracy Stuff. Go to our website, StuffTheyDon'tWantYouToKnow.com. It is the best. And that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is 1-833-STDWYTK. If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! 
Bowl. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.